0: It always ends up okay. It's never stupid.
1: No one's complained.
0: I mean, for no. in, for instance, Pete had no one's done anything. But low, mid range, and high, low complained. range. Yep. There's a there's a really good there's a, a Reckoning Air Force bit. That I saw online the other day, and it was for like the Tim Hortons extra dark roast, where like they make dark roast coffee, and then the people in the back like yell their like their insecurities about the world into the coffee before serving it to you. Um, <laughs> and it's like like the guy like picks he pours a coffee, takes it out, and he's like, Canada has a race problem we refuse to talk about. And then he, <laughs> then he hands the guy coffee. Anyway, and it's like, uh, but then what? So then later on, it's it's people drinking the coffee, and while they're drinking, they're like yelling, they're like insecurities into it. And, so, and one of the guys is sitting at the table, going, picks up the coffee, and goes, "No one listens to my podcast." Their <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> fresh is great. It's so good. Anyway are right, we making a podcast i got a guy here at 5 30 so yeah let's, let's do podcasting now wait Go. wait now okay platform lock-in is that what we actually decided was the phrase for it or um it,
1: vendor lock-in
0: nothing i read online disproved that premise Locking it in so where do we want to start
1: what does that word mean?
0: You know how
2: you start listening to a podcast and it's so good <laughs> that you just can't go and listen to any other podcast because it just feels wrong.
0: It's uh, like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that. That's a, that's a tortured metaphor, but I like it. Um, well, it'd be more like if you started listening to a podcast and then you put all of your information into that podcast and then you couldn't get it back if you used somebody else's podcast.
1: And it just, you were so used to that podcast and it just felt so superior to other podcasts.
0: <laughs> or or, or you had just invested so much in being a user of that podcast yeah. that it would be, uh, it would crush your personal identity to use something else. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. <laughs> so, Except with less podcasts. <laughs> podcasts was actually the worst thing. Um, so recently Pete and I decided, well, Pete decided and I decided to follow him. And it seemed like a good idea uh, to switch from uh, Chrome to the new Firefox quantum quantum.
1: (laughs) That was a really professional sounding sound. Yeah. Thank you.
0: I liked it. Um, So, and that was, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to, you should like cut that out and drop it into future episodes. (laughs) It was not like, it wasn't a super painful process, but it was like, it was a major jump because there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff in Chrome that is handy that you can get something comparable on on Firefox, but it's not easy to get from one to the other or you've got to sort of like relearn some stuff.
2: Yeah, it was as difficult as you would expect. Like it's a, it, going into it. I was like, oh, this is going to be the worst. And coming out of it, I was like, that wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It was not as bad as I thought it would be. But there are still things that I have to go back to Chrome for. Yes. Because hmm. uh, some fonts don't render properly on Firefox, which isn't an issue, but you notice you're like, "Why does that look weird?" Especially because it's for websites I've made. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> that's because you keep picking weird fonts. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the biggest thing for me is that a lot of times, if I go to websites on my phone, because I'm using Firefox on my phone now too, mm-hmm. they don't actually work, and I have to go to Chrome to get them to work. Which is hmm. I haven't seen that's that, but I've only seen it a couple times, and it's something to do with the way that. You have to tap on buttons. Sometimes they don't work, or the scripts don't run properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Chrome, they also have the by the tie into Android Wallet, which I use a lot of times to remember my credit card number. Mm-hmm. Ah. and that doesn't work obviously on Firefox because it's a Chrome thing.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. So th- I mean, that was sort of what started this conversation. But sorry, I uh-huh. just remembered what uh, doesn't work: uploading photos
2: to the Facebook website on oh. on mobile Firefox doesn't work.
0: Oh. Huh. Well, I just don't put photos on Facebook, so mm-hmm. not a
2: problem. Yeah, yeah, I don't
0: really often, so it hasn't been that much of a problem to me. either. <laughs> but I could see that being a deal breaker for somebody, uh, for several people out there. So that's that's the kind of thing that people are afraid of, I think, because a lot of most people don't even make that step of trying mm-hmm. it.
2: And to be honest, I think a lot of it could also be that because I'm now using Firefox, the mobile app, I now have AdBlock and Ghostery running. Which probably stop things like that from happening properly.
3: Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. whenever
2: it doesn't work, I'm like, Ugh, it doesn't work. I don't. I'm not like, Ugh, I better turn off Ghostery and ad blocker and try again.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. I mean, I had I had an ad blocker running on Chrome, but it was a different one, I think. Anyway, but yeah, it, it, every time you switch something like that, even if it's not necessarily a worse experience, one of the things I've noticed about it is that you will perceive things that you had gotten used to on the other platform as being more annoying because you're not, you don't have that investment in the platform.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, but I think this applies, so this applies to browsers. Other things that we talked about that it could apply to, operating systems are a really big one. Yeah, for sure. Um, People have a lot of, I'm not sure that they have loyalty to a specific operating system but anytime they have to change operating systems it's always bad
2: Mm -hmm. and i think that it's a perfect example of exactly what you were saying where it's not that the new platform this doesn't have the same issues or doesn't offer the same advantages it's just that if you know something then it's effective for you to be able to do what you need to do and going from operating system to operating system is extremely difficult to gain that knowledge and experience so Mm -hmm. If you know how to be an, an sort of an advanced expert user of Windows and do things quickly, it's really difficult to pick up those same skills in macOS quickly. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, ugh, everything takes so long. But yeah. it's just because you don't know how to do it. And mm-hmm. it's the same with one of the biggest criticisms I heard recently about Windows from someone who almost only uses macOS is, oh my God, there's so many updates. It's always installing updates. Well, so does macOS. You just don't notice yeah. because it's set up the way that you want it to be set up or, mm-hmm. or you don't necessarily, you use it so often the updates are few and far between, whereas if you use Windows once every six
0: months, yeah, there's updates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So lock-in, which is what we started with, is the is the sense that you can't, like you you don't want to, it's not worth the effort of switching, yeah. even if there's a thing that you don't like. And that was, so there's, a, there, there's always a calculus of when is it better enough to make a switch. And sometimes you've got to be able to make the decision that you're going to say, okay, I don't care if it's going to be bad. I'm going to try something new. And that's probably not something that a lot of people do. I mean, like I probably wouldn't have tried Firefox quantum if Pete hadn't and Pete might not have, if he hadn't heard a podcast saying it was good. So it's like, it's kind of a chain thing where it's you as a user don't necessarily have the impetus to go out and be like, okay, I'm going to find the best browser right now. And constantly, like, adopt the best browser as mm. it currently exists. I mean, yeah,
1: Because you're not looking. Because, I mean, I don't think that, you know, using Chrome is a bad solution. I'm not upset with it. And so if Firefox is like, oh, brand new, I'm going to be like, ah, white noise. Until someone I know and trust is like, no, it's actually pretty good.
2: And that's the thing. A lot of technology nowadays is so good. It doesn't really matter that much. Like, even the, the head of product, who is the guy who I heard interviewed for Firefox, was like, Chrome is great. He's like, I'm really good friends with most of the people that work on Chrome. Mm-hmm. He's like, they're good people. They make a good browser. It's just we offer something different. And if yeah. people like that different thing, then now there is something that they can use instead.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, what he described as being that difference was something that resonated with me. Yeah. But it's not like Chrome is bad. It's just different.
1: No, no.
0: No. And so it's I, that's what I think makes it an interesting discussion because it's very easy Even without so, there's extreme extreme versions of like of vendor lock-in where vendors design equipment or design software in such a way that it's very difficult to get information out of it. And I think you get that more in a more extreme sense. Not so much in personal products because I don't think people have that kind of like it. It's not worth it to them to try to lock people in. That badly, but com- uh, like enterprise software companies are huge. Yeah. On it. Like if you're an sa, your company with an SAP system, you can't do anything but SAP forever yeah. and ever, because it's just it's it's impossible to 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 migrate.
2: So if we're gonna coin a phrase, could we say that the opposite of that, which is companies that try to make the process of porting and migrating from one platform to another as easy as possible, is like vendor lock picking. Because it's like, like for instance, what Android has started doing with the Pixel phones is make it as easy as it possibly can to go from an iPhone to a Pixel phone, mm. to the point where they give you a specific cable just so you can plug your iPhone into your Pixel phone, and it will do everything else for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like that, that, that is, and it's kind of weird that that's a thing that needs to exist. Like yeah. that one company has to actively fight against another company's the barriers they're putting Mm -hmm. up. And I'm sure that exists in the examples, like the enterprise examples we've got, there's probably entire companies that their entire, like their entire business model is getting you out of, like if you've got an SAP system, getting that information into a form you can use. Yeah. So like, anyway, but that's, that's an extreme example, but for people, yeah, I, the Apple products tend to be really bad for it because they build not, it may not even be malicious, but they tend to build everything from the ground up themselves Which makes, tends to make their information incompatible with other people's information.
2: It's also closed, which is the biggest issue. Like the reason, the most common complaint I've heard from people trying to go from iPhone to Android is that moving from iMessage to another messaging platform is very difficult because iMessage only exists on iOS. Mm -hmm. It's nowhere else. And if you have your contacts set up in your conversations and the way that you have all of your groups for your family and stuff like that organized, you can't do anything with that because. That only runs on an iOS device. Mm-hmm. If you want to port that to Allo or whatever else you're going to use, it doesn't work. Whereas you can, for the most part, I think, with the Google apps, run them on iOS. So if you're going in the opposite direction from Android to iOS, you can still do Google Docs. You can still do Google Mail. You can, can still you do, use can your you calendar.
0: Can you do Allo and Duo in those? I don't know. So That's, like, that's an interesting one. I'd be surprised if you couldn't because they're trying to they're trying to make it the to new make it, like yeah. what's a uh, whatsapp or whatever the like i mean nobody
2: uses Allo really anyway so it's I, not like it's that big a loss for them not to be supported on ios but it's uh it's still a, a portability issue mhm i think one thing is basically yeah it does actually work on ios oh, it cool. does and web mm-hmm. basically i think that what we should do as a, a podcast that provides information to people mm-hmm. is uh, maybe provide some examples of transitions that we've gone through to help people with things that they're considering mm-hmm. and then possibly talk a little bit about how these sorts of design decisions can affect how people choose software platforms or maybe how you can mitigate them to a certain extent i don't know can we offer something to our listeners other than just a conversation about this particular topic
0: no well, i mean like hmm. I, I think i think it'd be if people are going to take one thing away from this conversation, I would hope it would be a willingness to go and try something, a platform that is completely different from what you're currently using and forgive it. It's apparent annoyances okay. for long enough to really like, so like if, if, if we're going to do that by saying, Hey, here's something we did and it sucked, but this is like the advantage we got out of it, then that's cool. Like, I think that's yeah. maybe that's a good way to start, but I think the message here is that, being locked into a platform can have its advantages in some ways and that's another part of the conversation but in in a lot of cases the willingness to try something new will serve you better than like fanatic brand loyalty
2: yeah no Mm -hmm. it's absolutely true and i mean like i'm considering moving different platforms all the time and so it'd be nice to know like someone who's done it and found it good or Um, At the same time, I think a lot of times the reason why people move platforms predominantly is because there's a negative attribution to what they're currently using that they finally gets to be too much. Like people typically are going to move from an iPhone to an Android phone because either it's finally become too expensive or it's finally become a platform where it doesn't work the way they want it to work or... They've lost faith in Apple as a company, or something like that. Like there's, or vice versa for Google. There's always going to be a point where someone's like, "Ugh, you know what? I'm done with this." Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then if you can't get off that platform, then it really feels uncomfortable. So, yeah.
0: so to jump in the wayback machine, um, when I was a late adopter for BlackBerry and, and early, I jumped ship early. I had, I had exactly one BlackBerry. <laughs> um, so I think it might be it's it's kind of a good example because I had. I had just started getting into. I had my first smartphone, and it was it was one of the carrier. Like it was it was a Homebrew. It wasn't it wasn't running Android. It was running uh, might have been a Motorola, and I think it was Mm, running running Motorola's smart. uh, Anyway, so I had that for a while, and it was it was it was really good. I got really used to that particular thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was in an era where every time you got a new phone, it was a radically different experience because yeah. that was when we were like you were just getting away from the adoption going from t9 to having a keyboard and going oh now i got to relearn how to type because yeah. i know how to type on this nine key keyboard and there were a bajillion companies making smartphones and they all had
2: completely different operating systems yeah no mm-hmm. one was going to go from like a palm pre to no it was, it was the like wild west flip flown and be like oh i could just port all my stuff over no yeah you, they
0: can't no you're <laughs> you were you were essentially Oh, and that was before you could store data on SIM cards. Yeah. So you had to like manually copy over all your contacts. No, some you know? of it was on the SIM card. Was it? Contacts used to be. There was a time when you couldn't, like you could yeah. not store data on the SIM card. and That was brutal. Anyway, so I, I, it wasn't, but when I got my first BlackBerry, it was after they had the actual physical, like they had a touch knobby thingy. It wasn't an actual physical ball. What, it was the what bold. BlackBerry was it? It was the bold 97. I remember that. Uh, That sounds right.
2: Yeah. I had the same phone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was like, that was the first BlackBerry I got. I called the nipple. (laughs) You rubbed the nipple to navigate the the screen. It was square. That's a weird, like. (laughs) You rubbed the nubbin. I don't know. (laughs) The nubbin. Um, Anyway. So like it was, it was a late jump to that, but it was, BlackBerry was such a different experience that at first I didn't actually like it. Like I didn't like BlackBerry Messenger. I didn't like any of the, I didn't really like the desktop mentality like so the motorola one was not a desktop model it was it was a menu sub menu model Mm -hmm. uh and the jump to desktop with the with the scrolly thing was not super intuitive to me or actually more to the point i wanted more desktop space (laughs) than i had on that like for moving stuff around yeah and um anyway so i didn't really like blackberry at first and then i had that phone for a couple of years and I got really, really invested in BlackBerry messenger. And then by the time I wanted to replace it, uh, they hadn't really changed the phone all that much, but the cost had gone up and it was like, this is not worth paying more money for the same phone again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I jumped ship right after that. And that was the jump to Android. And at that point, Android was still relatively new and again, not all that great it had all kinds of problems uh, with their like operating system stability compared to at that point, BlackBerry was a fairly uh, stable system. They'd been Mm -hmm. around for quite a while. And that was another one where it was like, I, the jump to BlackBerry messenger was kind of rough, but then I had all my contacts that were in BlackBerry had Blackberries, and going back to having a regular messenger where you didn't have like notifications, you didn't have the like read note notification and all that was suddenly really annoying. And it wasn't something I ever knew I, Like something I I didn't miss until I had had it and lost it. Mm -hmm. And so then the jump to Android really annoyed me. But then I stuck with that for a while. So it's like those kinds of moves from one system to another, you're not going to lose that much. If people if you're if you want to get in touch with people, there are so many ways to talk to people that it doesn't need to be one particular type of message or another. You Especially
2: nowadays with like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and stuff like that, like you don't even need to use a phone specific platform anymore. Or like I yeah. mean
0: I mean now you're at the point where you have Slack and Discord and yeah. stuff. It's you don't even need to be on a phone. Like it's yeah. it's it's a cross platform even beyond mobile. You can be on your phone, you can be on a tablet, you can be on a
2: computer. I think a lot of it though is is not our generation or our groups. It's like your parents and your grandparents, yeah. And what they're using, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean
2: my parents only up until recently were using hand-me-down phones from me. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really matter. I knew they were going to use an Android phone because I just gave them Android phones.
0: Yeah. And I mean the thing is if you're if you're willing to stick to just like straight SMS messaging and like a general like you you can get most of the major browsers on most of the mobile platforms. Mm -hmm. So like if you really want to use you really want to use Chrome, you can use it on your your windows phone or you can use it on whatever, like whatever kind of phone you've got. But, uh, it's, it's, it's very specific features. And I think that's one of the big things is it's, you'll buy into a specific system with a specific set of features and you have to be willing to let those features go if you want to have that mobility. Cause every other platform, what I learned from this is that every platform will have that feature that you love and Mm -hmm. no feature, no platform will have all those features. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally fair. And or if it does, something else will come up with a feature that you'll wish you had. And the the grass will always be mm-hmm. in this case, the grass will always be greener in the field you just left. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I think you're like you're absolutely right. A lot of it is just having the right open mind and the right tolerance of understanding that the scenario you're in is only because you're new, and you'll yeah. get used to it. Like that was basically the context I had in my head when I went into macOS. Because I started using a MacBook Pro and my entire life I'd used Windows. Mm -hmm. And so when I started using macOS, I was like, okay, this is super frustrating, but I understand it's frustrating because I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And then there were only small things that I actually eventually still found frustrating. Everything else I finally was like, yeah, it's fine. Like Mm. it's... There's stuff I don't understand, like how to uninstall apps, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just yeah. means I don't understand how to do it.
0: I to this day, though, I try to use Mac, o, uh, uh, Mac OS, and I sit down and I open up the Finder, and I'm like, I genuinely do not understand how to get to like a root folder. Like, how do I just look at like the main drive and see what folders are in the drive? I yeah. just I still don't know. It's yeah. frustrating.
1: It's not fun feeling like you don't know what you're doing. Well,
0: no, especially, and I, I think so. I'm wondering if that's something that's even worse for people who are technically savvy like so there's there's two groups that i think you're going to get a lot of pushback one of which is people who are not tech savvy and don't want to have to learn something new but the other group i think is also people who are who are tech savvy and don't want to feel like they don't understand a system yeah like it's particularly like insulting to me to my like person to my ego to be like i genuinely cannot figure out how to use this like feature in mac
2: (laughs) especially if you're a customizability guy like if you use linux because you can set it up just so and you use android because you can set it up just so yeah and then you go to something like ios or mac os or less so that but realistically something like a more mainstream platform you're going to be like oh this is stupid like i want to be able to change this and i can't change it and why can't i change it like stop holding my hand
0: Ooh, "Mm -hmm." another good example would be like if you pete were to get a like an Android a a carrier a carrier branded Android phone? Oh God, no!
2: Exactly, no. Save I don't it. even want a Samsung phone because of the way that the Samsung packages all their shit on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're like you're you're in a very in a very specific kind of lock-in. Oh, I'm we, I'm a hundred percent locked into stock Android, and I I recognize that it
0: is just something I have to live with. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so you you have accepted here that you're going to preach, but not do as I, do as I say, not as I do. With a, uh...
2: well, no, like as a, it would have to be a slow transition. I'd have to go basically from something like a pixel phone to something that's sort of like, kind of like stock Android, but not. Like I've been mm. playing with Ali's. My my wife just got a new phone that's straight from China. That's like an XCE Axiom Seven. That basically runs a version of Android that's close to stock Android, but it has a few little things that are put on it by ShowMe or whoever yeah, made not, that particular distro. Yeah, it's not distro. as bad
0: as when you get mm-hmm. like you buy a phone from like Telus and it's yeah. got the the Telus Android version and like, it's on it's it. it's close yeah. enough
2: that it's fine. It has a few utilities, but not a whole lot of stuff that's stupid. And then it's the same sort of thing that they do with the OnePlus phones and they do with the Essential Phone. Like it's close to Android, but it has a few things that they've tweaked. Whereas Samsung heavily tweaks everything and just dumps like 15, 20 apps onto the phone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's and the carriers are worse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of so that's one of the things that's interesting is that like one of the arguments that a lot of people have about iOS is that iOS at least is consistent. It's the same everywhere. Yep. You never, like you never have to worry about it. And uh, that's one of the things that's like, that has been an issue for me. I have tried multiple times to learn Linux And part of what's run into what run has bothered me is that I don't want to buy into a specific distro and there's, there's so much variation in it that it's like, I get to the point where if I'm trying to use it, I'm just copying commands off of like somebody's blog post to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just typing things into the, into the kernel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, so like that kind of not even, it's not even like a, I don't think there's a problem with Linux, but like, because the learning curve is so steep like, I just don't have the time to commit to that mm-hmm. when I can I, I need to get stuff done. I can get it done on on Windows like it's going to be a project. And uh, so I, like for that, if I can suggest sort of a, a life hack, I hate life hacks. <laughs>
3: um,
0: what's what's helped in terms of for that is to have a project which is not. Your day-to-day thing. It's like don't yeah. don't be like I'm gonna put Linux on my computer at home. It's like I have this. You have to be in the mentality like I have this crappy laptop. I don't care about. I'm gonna put Linux on it and I'm gonna try and learn to do this specific thing. Mm. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. try and get. In in my case, I want to get like super collider up and running so I can do like analog or do digital synthesis. Mm-hmm. And it's like that works in Linux. All right, I'm gonna do it in Linux. Or you need to have
2: like you like along the same lines have a distinct motivation to do something for a particular reason like not necessarily as a project but like you could just abandon your laptop and be like i'm going to chromebooks because mm-hmm. they're cheap and i need a new laptop, so i'm buying a chromebook and if it sucks and i can't figure it out i'll just suck it up and deal with it until i'm used to it just because I, that's what i'm doing and yeah. you just sort of like you jump in and you're just like fine if i can't really if it ultimately like a month from now means i really can't do what i want to do mm-hmm. then i'll i'll think about something else but at this point i'm all in
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i guess i'm I'm kind of guilty of the do as i say not as i do as well with this because i i am eternally open to changing platforms but i'm really bad at sticking with it i like (laughs) i used the opera web browser for a while and then i was like well that was fun and i went back to chrome and i was like i used this other like i've I've used three or four different distros of like, I've done Ubuntu, i did done Fedora, now, I've, now I'm learning Debian for, so the Raspbian stuff for the Raspberry Pi. Like it's, I've done all of these things, but never long enough to really like become a user of that. Mm-hmm. So I, that could also be a problem people have is like, you got you got to commit to something long enough. And maybe it's a question of maybe like the opposite, burning your bridges behind you and being like, nope, like, or burn the ships. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. You, you don't do it on the side; you do it full on. This is what I'm doing.
2: Yeah.
1: I was gonna say maybe though. I mean, if if you don't stick with it, maybe it wasn't right for you. I mean, you stuck with Chrome for a very long time until you just made this recent switch, but you weren't always using Chrome. That's fair. It didn't always exist. I actually
0: switched to Chrome from Firefox. Me too. Yeah, yeah me too. Actually, I think most people did.
3: Yeah.
1: And then, but we stuck with it for years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, it had. It still it does have lots of stuff. So that's well it stuck with chrome for a long time though for the other kind of lock-in mentality which is just like google has all of my information and (laughs) having it already be there is kind of handy yep it's not that google won't let me put that information somewhere else it's just that nobody else has that information
2: but i mean it's like those sorts of things like you were saying before are still possible i was talking to a friend of mine about chrome last week and he was like uh, I don't know if I'd want to go to Firefox because it's so. I'm, I'm logged into Google and in Chrome, which means all my stuff is there. And I'm like, well, you do the same thing in Firefox. Like, it's, it works the same way. It's just the syncing is through a Firefox account. Mm-hmm. But if you're logged into Google, you're logged into Google. You can still just move between the different uh, applications they provide without having to re log in every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's it's still possible it's just it's yeah it's slightly more friction
0: yeah and so but on the other end of the spectrum now that i've started using firefox firefox and their various uh affiliates are cultivating my tinfoil hat which is kind of helping with the like I, I'm not missing Chrome as much because everything that I start using with Firefox is like, did you know, here's all the things we could have gotten yeah. information we could have got about you, but we didn't go straight pops up with like 47 robots at block. You're oh, like, yeah. Oh God, Yeah.
2: <laughs> what are they doing?
0: Well, and, I, and I've actually, I've, so I've started using, um, duck, duck, go the, oh, yeah. the search one that Firefox is like, you should use this instead of Google. Mm-hmm. And it's along those similar lines of just like the fact that you make a big deal out of not gathering all this from all this information. Kind of makes me wonder about everybody. Else. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's totally tin hat syndrome, though. Like it's, uh, they're just pointing out stuff that's like you can totally live with that too. It's not that shouldn't necessarily because I imagine that probably is a barrier to adoption the other direction as well. Is that people mm-hmm. have become comfortable with the relationship that they have with a company yeah. uh, like Firefox. Because they trust, they have trust in what they're going to do with their information. Yeah, Uh, at the end
2: of the day, you're going to have to trust a corporation most of the time. Like mm -hmm. whether it's you trust Microsoft or Apple or Google or Facebook or whatever other company you're putting your faith in, you're going to eventually have to say, you know what? I'm going to give you a bunch of information in return for a service and I trust you not to take complete advantage of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that could even extend to something like online retailers. like Yeah, like Amazon. Yeah, Am- yeah. Amazon is the best example of it because they have huge amounts of information about you, but they do use that to give you good information about things you might want to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely self-serving, but it does actually make your life better. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah people use it because it's easier if not amazon wouldn't be as powerful as it is
0: mm-hmm. and i mean you will notice i have noticed since i've started using firefox and ghostry and like things that reduce the amount of tracking is going on that i've noticed that the ad targeting is really bad yeah um or it's
2: old like amazon is like oh you must really want like toddler soothers, and I'm like, no, not for a long time. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's you don't notice that when it's working because yeah. you're like, yeah, no, I I totally do want to buy this Thomas the Tank Engine playset, but <laughs> or I want to I do totally want to buy this building kit. But yeah, yeah. it's it, it, so that's interesting because on the one hand it is a service, on the other hand it's kind of creepy how much information they have about you. Mm-hmm, for sure. I
2: was wondering, maybe let's just do one more, which is a lighter kind of transition, but something that I thought about a lot, which is cars. Okay. People seem to be attracted to car companies that they've already bought cars from. That's true. For the most part. Like, I mean, it's not universal. A lot of times people move around, especially if they're looking for something new. Like if you had a BMW and you got sick of the maintenance and you want to try something different, you'd go to a different company. But I find a lot of times, especially with Sort of everyday lower cost mid range cars, like this kind of sort of thing you'd get from Chevy or from Toyota or Honda. Mm-hmm. If you've bought a Honda or a Toyota, you'll probably continue to buy a Honda or a Toyota hmm. just moving forward because, meh, like it's I like it, it's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's
0: there's a lower threshold. You, yeah, you've got some faith in the company from personal experience. That. Mm. which is interesting because i've like i've like
2: i've seen it happen a lot of times and people always consider other ones it's always like well you know like i'm in the market for an suv and like i really like the nissan rogue and i really like the mazda 5 and stuff like that but cx5 but you know what i think i'm just gonna stick with the rav4 because you know what my toyota's fine and, yeah
0: well especially but, when you get to the point where it's like a lot of cars are made with parts from other like you, yeah. like, you'll get a car and be like, it has the engine out of this other model and the drivetrain out of this other model, and mm-hmm. it's like, like some of them are coming from entirely different manufacturers. Like it's, it, yeah, the going from one car to another within a brand may not be any closer than going mm-hmm. to a car in a different brand.
2: And it's also your comfort level with the kind of driving experience you expect. Like people, I don't think typically would go from like a low end high end die to like I'm BMW or a Mercedes S class. And probably the opposite's also true. Typically you're not gonna find someone who's like, oh you know, I think I'm gonna trade in my Audi um like S five and I'm gonna pick up a Camry. Mm. Like it's not typically how the direction you go in because you're used to something and like but that being said, we work with people who've gone from BMWs to Jeeps just because yeah, it's cheap and it's easy and it's low maintenance and I'm, they're done with imports. And so it's the sort of thing <laughs> where, especially if it's something like maintenance or it's something like cost overall of supporting the vehicle or you're getting older or you have lots more kids or whatever, like if there's a life change or you're tired of something that's difficult, then yeah, you might make that transition. One might be manual transmissions. A lot of cars don't have manual transmissions anymore. So if you really want one, yeah, you've basically got like two or three options a lot of times.
0: Yeah but I had like the sort of the opposite experience that like I had my Volkswagen and I got rid of it. Not cause I had any issue with it just cause it wasn't, the car was worth less than the bill yeah. would have been to repair it. Mm-hmm. So I ditched it. And so I had an interesting experience there where it's like, I can't Volkswagen didn't really have a car that met my requirements at that point. And so it was sort of open season. I could go out and say like, I can buy anything I want. Mm. And, uh, and then it came down to just sitting in a bunch of cars and being like, "This one feels good. Yeah. I'm going to buy this one." Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But that, that, yeah, that is—it's an interesting one because it doesn't really—the brand doesn't tend to carry over a whole lot from vehicle to vehicle necessarily. Even, even from model year to model year, you can get the same, the exact same car from the same company the next model year and be like, "Actually, I hate everything about this car because it's been completely remodeled or completely restyled or something." Yeah. Even my car. Looking at, the, I've seen the previous model year of the of the Spark on the road and been like, ugh, no, that thing is yeah. hideous. I would never drive. that.
2: I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's thinking about other things that are similar. It's probably along the same lines as Windows laptops. Like typically, if you have a Windows laptop and you get another Windows laptop, you're like, yeah, I don't really give a shit. Like I'll get an Asus or a Lenovo or whatever. Like I, I want something that is a certain size and a certain weight and a certain kind of look and feel and there's a couple of things you're looking for and you should tr- like you said you sit in a few of them you yeah. try it out you get a feel for it. but it's not like your brand loyalty is like i have to buy a lenovo I, It's mm-hmm. eh, whatever
0: yeah i mean that's a little mm, that would be more like looking at because like asus or lenovo or they're more along the lines of like the groups of companies of like mm-hmm. like chrysler dodge jeep like yeah. it's they make, there's one big company that has, you can buy a high end laptop. You can buy a garbage laptop. Mm -hmm. They make everything. So (laughs) like whether you go to GM or you go to, or you go to some other, you go to a group from overseas, they, they've all got uh, a low or like an entry level, small compact car. They've all got an SUV. Mm -hmm. It's just a question of, they all have a gaming rig. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean that like the so but that's an interesting counter example of that I don't actually think that people are super attached to Windows laptop brands but they do get super attached to to car brands so I wonder if I think different it's subconscious
2: I think they're attached to car brands only insofar as when they actually sit down and make that emotional decision of to buy it like when it when they when it be, like moves out of the realm of right brain and goes to left brain like when it's i've done all the research i've done all of the sitting around i've done some test drives and now i just have to make an emotional decision I that's though, when it takes over
0: i wonder though if it is if it's a um a personal image thing though cuz like when you drive your car on the street like you get into your car and you drive it down the road everyone knows what kind of car you're driving and like they could look up the statistics of it or they can have an, an impression of it it's hard at a glance to look at someone's like Lenovo laptop and know whether they bought the super fancy Lenovo laptop. Yeah. Like hmm. I mean, with But again, the, the shame of- as a
2: car. Like the at the end of the day, if it look if you think it looks dumb, you're probably not gonna buy it, no matter how well it fits everything else you want.
0: That's probably true.
2: And it's the sort of thing with a laptop. If a laptop's got fins on it and light up LED strips and it like has something really bizarre and gaudy, you're not gonna are gonna be like, Yeah, you know what, I could walk into a conference room with this. At the end of the day, you're going to be like, oh, it's got carpet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying the Surface laptop today and I was like, it's weird. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know. It's got
0: carpet on it. So that, that would be an interesting. OK, actually, let's I want I want to talk about one more thing, okay. which is a change in rather than in brand in use mm, like hmm, hold on. I need to go with the word <laughs> for it. a change in interaction paradigm. Okay. Yeah. So like going from a laptop to a surface, like a tablet uh, as your primary or in, so in the case of, we were talking about Google home and Alexa and that, and the, I was, I knew a lot of people who were jumped right into using the Google assistant. And until I got the, Google, so I got a Google Home for Christmas, and that's the first time I've really used the Google Assistant,
3: mm-hmm.
0: because it was it was not a was not a used paradigm, user paradigm that I never really liked, or I liked the idea of it, but it was never really never really did anything well enough that I was like, ah, I can't just type it into Google, I'm gonna ask Google, but now all of a sudden I've got the Google Home sitting in my living room, and I'm like, if I'm eating, I can be like hey Google how much is 30 Australian dollars in Canadian dollars and it tells me and it's like yeah. that's I, I I wouldn't necessarily have made that jump if somebody hadn't given that to me you were saying but the surface I, like that's another thing that I've thought about is making the jump to a either a touchscreen laptop like one of the yeah is there a term for the like the ones that like laptops that fold inside out so you can hold them like a tablet is there a general term for that
2: uh, oh, the ones that can flip—the uh, flip hinge.
0: Yeah, they like
2: they 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 no. fold, fold all the way inside out. I think it's just called ones that have a 360 <laughs> hinge. I don't think there's anything specific because that's about
0: like it. that's a whole new yeah. way. Yeah. You're, you're you're rethinking the way you're using a laptop, and like a lot. So a lot of people who have tablets and who work off of tablets, so like the Surface, uh, they have a keyboard they attach to it. It basically just becomes a laptop with the keyboard can get out of the way. Yeah, but there unless you are typing a lot of stuff there's no particular reason why you need a keyboard for most of what you're doing anymore
2: no especially
0: with the assistants
2: and like we have a chromebook at home that my wife uses and more and more i find myself scrolling with my finger because Mm. it's more intuitive now because of phones than scrolling with the touchpad Mm -hmm. just because you can grab something on the screen just be like huh and move it and pinch it and then tap on something like it's for websites, especially because of smartphones, it feels more intuitive than the trackpad. Mm-hmm. But then, as soon as you're in a document, it's, it seems weird to scroll with your finger. When a doc- with it, because a document, you're spending more time on the keyboard. It feels like you don't want to leave the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're reading a website or you're looking at, uh, you're scrolling through Facebook or something, it feels better to just scroll the page like you would on a phone. So it's yeah. it's interesting because I was thinking as you were saying that that I kind of disagree a little bit that the home versus Alexa or even just the adoption of an assistant in your house is similar because I feel like the buy-in is a lot faster and a lot more permanent so in terms of like thinking about it like I think that if you start using something like a Google Home it's the same as experience I had with having a Nest like I can't not use it anymore because i'm i love that convenience yeah i don't want to go away from it whereas a touchscreen laptop you're not going to be like oh i need a touchscreen laptop forever because i can't get away with not being able to tap the screen it might be but i don't know if i've done it enough to really know but something it, it feels more po- more powerful
0: it would depend on what you're doing with it i mean like the jump from uh from a traditional laptop to a touchscreen or an active stylus laptop for somebody who does like art oh, yeah. would be a huge step. So I mean, yeah. it would be really dependent on, on on what you're doing. Like, I don't think that we, the three of us in the room, could do away with a keyboard because so much of what we're doing is typing. But I would say that there's probably a lot of people in the world who, for what they do on a computer, don't necessarily need a keyboard. Yeah, they're they, right. they could dictate yeah. most of what they're typing in. And a lot of the rest of it is just is arranging things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it isn't text based. Yeah. Uh, so you could get away with a with a, something that's a dedicated tablet.
2: It is a fascinating point, though, that there is a type of, of buy in, like a type of lock in that you can experience that is purely because it is offering you a convenience or an, an ability or a feature that now you can't imagine not being able to. Worked it a day without because it's the same sort of thing that um my wife again experienced when she went from a phone to a smartphone like i remember distinctly she used to have a tiny little nokia phone <laughs> that didn't do shit and she was like why would i need the internet in a phone like yeah. it's dumb i can use the internet on laptop i don't need a I don't need a smartphone it's, I, I would never use it yeah and as soon as she had a smartphone literally within like two weeks she was like nope never going back <laughs> Like this is now something I cannot live without.
3: Yeah,
2: and it's the same sort of thing. Like now that I've had a Nest for a couple of years, I'm like, buy a new house, get a Nest. Yeah, like, I'm not going to go back to a dumb thermostat. No, I'm
0: taking my thermostat with me if I move. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna put the, I'm gonna
2: put the dumb thermostat that was there back before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> And it's one of those things where like it offers you a convenience that you get so used to that you're just like, no, I'm done. Now I'm sucked into this world. I'm never going back.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm
2: sure it's probably similar with like robot vacuums where you're like, robot vacuums are stupid. But as soon as you have one for a year, you're like, man, robot vacuums are amazing.
1: Yeah. My family went through that in about a week with a robot vacuum. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't don't say
0: that. Leslie will hear (laughs) and she'll (laughs) want to buy a robot vacuum. Actually, she already does want to buy a robot vacuum. I just just bought a dumb vacuum. vacuum. Uh, well, yeah, but those are actually, no, dumb vacuums are almost as expensive a lot of cases if you're buying. Maybe. Yeah. So let's see if we can bring this to a point because we've talked about a bunch of examples. Either that or
2: I have one last thing to end off on that doesn't bring it to a point, but gives even more questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's the
2: usual. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds more like us. Let's go with that. So I, I guess, I guess to summarize what we could say is that there are different types of lock in and as long as you acknowledge them and are aware of them. That'll mitigate most of the issues you're going to face and that for a lot of times moving between different platforms and different major software things, it's going to be fine. Like people have done it before. They still live and work day to day. A colleague of ours just literally a week ago went from an iPhone to a Pixel and he was perfectly happy for 24 hours until the screen gave him headaches and he had to like, <laughs> trade it in for an iPhone 8. So he basically like, he was fine until he wasn't. And it was one of those things where he had no option, but yeah, most of the time
0: it's probably fine. Well, I guess the mentality is unless you're switching to something that is absolutely brand new and has no user base, if it's been around for a year or two and people are still using it, it's got to have things going for yeah. it. So if you switch to it, you're just going to become one of those people instead of one of these. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like uh,
2: I, Apple sells more iPhones than any other company sells any other particular phone. So like, there's so, so many there's people that be have iPhone there. But then Android, we learned recently, is the most common operating system on any computational device in the world. Like there are literally 2.8 billion devices that run Android. So mm. there's something there too. If you have an iPhone and you're like, I don't know about Android there are more android phones than there are windows laptops and desktops in the world and os uh, mac os laptops and desktops in the world that and one? ios devices in the world
0: yeah the one that i loved though was your stat was like mac os is on par with windows xp which says Windows eight windows, 8? windows oh, eight okay yeah. yeah oh i thought it was xp because if it was xp that would have said a lot no xp is dead yeah. yeah it's windows okay. 8 windows 8 actually it's so still that's...
1: pretty pretty dead
0: it's still windows, pretty, 8. windows yeah. 8 was so bad Anyway, but anyway, is along the lines of like, it's yeah. the scale of things, but. There are hundreds of millions of people that use all these things. Yeah, so exactly. So it's yeah. fine. Well, yeah. which, yeah, it says that like, despite as, as annoying as Windows 8 was, there's still a huge user base, which means it's got to have something going for it. If you can like get over, like the main issues with it were just people didn't want to make the transition in the way yeah. it operated. Yeah. But it sounds like then there is another side to that. Once you get past that, you're going to be a Windows 8 person. Just Windows don't 8. buy a BlackBerry now.
2: <laughs> like there there are platforms that are legit dying <laughs> right.
0: i think we, i think we have a we have at least one coworker who is yeah. still oh, a staunch blackberry their, user yeah. yeah
2: super enthusiastic <laughs> um so what i wanted to end with as an interesting point was what is something that you are considering moving to but you're worried about and maybe mm. somebody out there could possibly give you some some life reassurement that just be like yeah be you okay it's awesome So I can start for me. I'm considering dropping Facebook and going to Instagram. Ooh! Because I've heard from a lot of people that they find Instagram makes them happier. Ah! And like, and I I've already dropped the Facebook app and gone to just using the website because I felt like it was a less invasive use of Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm getting tired of it. I don't know why. I just feel like I'm getting tired of it. Mm -hmm. And my worry is that the people that I want to keep track of aren't on instagram which is why i use facebook i want to know what's going oh. on with my friends and family life and if they aren't there then i what am i gonna i don't have any insight into what's going on
0: you should just you should just disappear off of the internet and be like you want to find me i'm on yeah. instagram and, then and if beca- not we're yeah. not friends anymore but well, that, that becomes the question like <laughs> is that valuable do i really need to know what
2: my aunt's doing i don't really need to know Hurt but if you get off Facebook, how will we
0: play in disc golf, friends?
2: That's like <laughs> that's the thing. Like I have, I have, I have lock in. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> my right. my disc golf buddies aren't on Instagram. <laughs> well, no, we, no. We,
0: we just need to find a, uh, a a new platform for planning disc golf, and then then, yeah. then that's your then no longer. Okay. And also Instagram is owned by Facebook, so I can't get too far away.
1: No. You're kind of just (laughs) sidestepping a little.
0: (laughs) But, okay, but, yeah, that that would be even just the sort of, like, I'm considering getting out of Facebook. It doesn't matter where you're going to, like... That is a major step because a lot of people, it's like if you disappear off Facebook, you disappear off their radars. And that's a yeah. legitimate fear. Yeah. Um. And going to something else as a platform, it doesn't really matter where yeah.
2: you're going. It's the it's, it's the iMessage fear all over again. Like if I disappear off this platform, there are groups of people I can't talk to anymore. Are
0: people just going to stop being friends with me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that.
1: I don't know if I can contribute an example. This entire episode, I've been trying to rack my brains for things I was like, trying, wanted to dip my toe into, but um,
0: I don't know. Do you use your? You've got you've got a uh, an Apple laptop. Do you ever use macOS?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you ever considered using macOS?
1: No, but that's a work laptop, so. I don't use Mac OS. Because your personal laptop is Windows. My personal yeah. laptop because I use it to run Steam, and that's all I really use it for. And yeah. I can't do that in Mac OS. So. Yeah.
0: That's that's the main reason I haven't gotten rid of my Windows. I just that's... stopped gaming. <laughs> was always Although that I did reinstall Steam last week. Mm. Well actually, okay, so that's a good one. That is that 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 I wouldn't have thought of that until you mentioned that. But I have I have never been a console gamer and I have considered repeatedly ditching like ditching computer because i don't have steam was great when i had tons of time and no money and now i have well not tons of money but i've got (laughs) i I, I can afford a console tons of money (laughs) i can afford a console and i don't have that much time so like i still want to game yeah and
2: i i feel like you're someone who
0: i'm surprised
2: doesn't have a switch i'm constantly like when is simon gonna buy a switch Uh,
0: but i bought a wii u
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. Everyone who bought a Wii U should have a Switch. I know.
0: I just. Uh. Well, no. See, the the the, the my the, nine year old nephew has a PlayStation Four. I know. Wow. No, I'm I'm I really should get into the modern like generation of consoles, but I like my main my main thing is that I okay. My my two hurdles are that I have a huge amount of money sunk into Steam games that I've never played, and I feel bad about that um and that there's just like it's I, actually i am hesitant to pick a platform because mm. yeah. they're all they're all a big investment and i am worried we, you're gonna this, buy this a bunch of games you're gonna sucked in again yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and or i'll or i'll buy into a platform and then like an exclusive will come out on the other one i'll be like well yeah. now i
2: gotta buy the other platform yeah um, i've just uh been doing a lot of um phone gaming which I I was telling Abby, I started playing a game over the holidays that I really really liked, and I and just like played it for hours and it was awesome. So that was something that I was finally like, you know what, this is good. Like this is a really good game. Yeah, but but, it's not just a
0: waste of time. But now my tinfoil hat's kicking in. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to like install a bunch of stuff on my phone where all my information. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: um, okay. So I guess to end off my the the moral of our entire story
0: is that the the game Lumino City is great. Everyone, Lumino City is that the one you're playing? Play? <laughs> I think you can play that on, on PC too. I think I've seen it.
2: It's on iOS and
0: Android for sure. I think you're it's on Steam as well. Mm. Yeah. Um no, I think if, so if there is an actual, yeah, moral. Moral to this, it's yeah, be open to trying new things Give because it time. yeah, because it's 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 going to be there're going to be growing pains or like adaptation pains, but realistically you're probably you're never going to find. Oh, okay. No, there's there's something here that you may be you may be in a local maxima. You're ne- you may you yeah. may not find the global maxima unless yeah. you're willing to like to brave a yeah. local minima. The one the only thing that <laughs> well. ever
2: really angers me about people judging other platforms is when they do it without any experience. Like I become very annoyed irrationally for people that are like, "Ugh, Android is the worst," or yeah, like, but they "Windows never sucks." It, yeah. But it's like, first of all, you don't use it. So you don't know. And if you do use it, you've used it for like a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that isn't, that isn't, like you can have that opinion, but your opinion is not
0: founded. So if you're, if you're going to, if you want to make a jump like that, maybe there's your best bet is to be like, okay, you got to find a low, a low risk adoption. Well, you have two options. We've come out of this with with two things. Either you pick a low, low, uh, low risk adoption strategy, which is you get Cheap old hardware or cheap like something you don't care about, and you make it a pet project, or you jump in like whole hog. You and, burn all your bridges, yeah. yeah. And you and you just like throw out all your electronics and get a Chromebook. <laughs> um, either one might work. I think and, in either case,
2: just give it time. Don't yeah. don't don't be quick to judge without actually having given it uh, the benefit of the doubt or a little bit of time and effort. Mm.
0: Cool. Nice. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for continuing to listen. Um, I, one of the days we should check to see if anyone's actually given us a rating on itunes podcasts so that involves going into mac os <laughs> and it's the worst <laughs> uh but yeah if you haven't give us a rating on itunes or on apple podcasts and leave a message there
2: for now we're on facebook yes maybe soon we'll be on instagram <laughs> maybe
3: yeah <laughs>